Good morning. Today's reading is Daniel chapter 2, verses 19 through 23. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of the God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and set up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in, what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and might, and have now made known to me what we asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's matter. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. All right, good morning. It's great to uh, see you all here this morning and to be together uh, to get into a new series, um, short series in Daniel. Um, again, as has been said, if you're new, um, welcome. Great to be here with you. Uh, just a heads up. Um, oh, yeah, my name is Dave. I'm um, one of the pastors here, and I typically do the bulk of the preaching. And um, just a heads up, I uh, have a speech impediment, so I want to make sure that you know what that is. And where that's uh, coming from. I also maybe lost my voice a little bit last night. Um, yes, thank you. Yes, Coach Sumlin and I were yelling at the refs at one point, and so we both lost our voices. Um, uh, we chat every morning. No, we don't really. But um, anyway, I was with him, though. Um, anyway, I digress. I, well, let me just take a moment, okay? We always knock on ASU. You know, they won yesterday. But USC didn't. We got a couple. Steven up here is a USC fan, so don't hold that against him. But anyway, they lost. Um, so we're going to get into it here pretty quickly, okay? Um, again, we're in Daniel. And so go ahead and turn with me there to Daniel chapter 1. If you have a Bible um, with you, turn there. It's in the Old Testament. And um, if you don't know where it is or you struggle to find it, I sometimes do. I'm like, where is that book? Um, go to the table of contents in the front. There's no shame in that. I just want to kind of kind of decompress that if you ever feel like that, like, oh no, everyone's watching. I can't find it. And I'm the pastor. Um, that's okay. All right. Go there. Um, if you don't have a Bible, now you should be feel ashamed. No, if you don't have a Bible with you, um, go ahead and slip your hand up and keep it up and somebody will get you one. Okay. We want to make sure you have a copy of God's word with you uh, to follow along with. Y en español si quiere la Biblia y no tiene, por favor, levante su mano y diga español. Y si no tiene una Biblia, uh, eso es un regalo a usted. Y esta mañana estamos en el libro de Daniel. Daniel, is that right? Okay, got some nods. I think that's how you say Daniel. Um, but again, um, please keep this, okay? This is our gift to you, right? We want to make sure that uh, everyone has God's word with them, okay, to read and understand and follow along with and be shaped, be shaped by um, so before we, we pray and then get into our time in Daniel, I just want to set the stage a bit for where we'll be in this short series. Okay, we're only going to be covering the first about seven chapters, and um, we're going to be doing that over the course of four weeks. And, um, and, and so if we were walking through all of Daniel, like we tend to do, is kind of walk through a book of the book, Bible, um, then we'd be in this for years. So there's some crazy stuff in there. We'd be talking about, you know, 
multiple horns and different faces and animals, all this crazy stuff that's really good and shaping, but that's not where we're going to be in it. What we're going to be doing is um, for this next, uh, just over a month, we're going to be in Daniel, and I'll explain what we're going to be, how we're going to be in Aging that in a moment. Then we're going to be in the Advent season, which is around the Christmas time um, season, and that 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 word Advent means arrival. And so we'll be really um, in that season of of anticipation and hope, as we do every year uh, with the historic church worldwide, um, really building and. Anticipation for the first coming of Jesus as we remember him coming and then also uh, his promised return. And, and so as we stand in this time, we, we, we build anticipation for that um, every year. And then in January, some of you maybe are wondering, what are we doing then? We're going to be in a series from January through Easter that's going to be walking through a book called Love Walked Among Us, and it's by an author, Paul Miller, and so we're not walking through someone else's book. What we're doing in that time is each chapter, he looks at the person and character of Jesus um, through um, a particular um, story or a particular portion of scripture where you see Jesus um, uh, in his character and how he related with people, and he kind of walks through that. So what we're going to do is encourage you, and for some of you that are like A-plus students, we'd encourage you to buy this book, to buy Love Walked Among Us, and read it ahead of time, all right? So there's going to be a lot of pressure on whoever's preaching, all right, to kind of come prepared, because we want you all to read through and study that scripture and then understand what, what has been said and kind, of, and kind of get it, and then we'll come and, and dive into it um, even more together on Sunday morning, okay? So again, this will be uh, kind of a character study of, of, of the person of, of, of Jesus, fully God and fully man, and how he walked among us, all right? So that's where we're headed and then Easter, and then we'll get into what's after that, all right, when time comes. So Daniel, all right, what do we expect from our time right now in Daniel? Um, so Daniel was an Old Testament prophet, and he lived in a time of, of proclaiming who God is and what he's doing, his big story, right, his grand narrative. And there is a lot of stuff in there that's prophecy that's looking ahead to the first coming of the Son of God, all right, to to. Jesus. Okay, so again, just so we understand, this was written um, many years before Jesus came. And so a lot of what he wrote had to do with building up into that time. And then there's also stuff that's written where Jesus refers to that's not yet fulfilled, that's still to come. Okay, but so sometimes a prophet, right, prophesies. And we think of that, right, as like what's to come. But another role of the prophet is to be like the mouthpiece of God. Okay, a, a, a herald of God who's, who's, who's calling out. Some have even referred to as, as crying out in the wilderness um, for what does it look like for God's people to walk as his people, to relate with him, to, to live according to how he has called us to live, to live as though he is God and he is in control in whatever time we find ourselves in. All right, so what we'll see in this short time that we're going to spend in Daniel is we're, it is sort of a, a cultural commentary on us and on the day that we live in. Okay, so this, this theme, as you'll see there, if you can throw it up there, is exiles. And so this book was written, as we'll get into in a mo- moment, to, to God's people who were exiled, who were in a, a, in a f- land. And we're wondering, well, how do we live? How do we function? Well, similarly, in our day, we're living, as we just talked about some, in tumultuous times. 
right? There's like every week, every morning, we open up whatever app we have and or however you engage the news, maybe a paper for some of you, you know, whatever it is, and there's, there's brokenness. There's sins, as we've talked about, sins that we commit. There's sins in the world around us that have been com- committed against us or sometimes seemingly sins way out there that again through our TV screen or our app or whatever comes crashing into our homes and we recognize the world's not the way it's supposed to be. So how do we engage? So what we'll see through Daniel, and especially this morning as we kind of enter into it, is that because God is faithful and God is powerful and God is presently involved, that we can live as his people with a faithful presence as exiles in a foreign land. Right, so that's where we, we're going to be going. Again, um, we're going to be launching out in chapter 1, verse 1. But let me go ahead and pray for us as we get into our time together. And, 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 I, and I just want to say again, I'm going to pray as well for um, our neighbors in Pittsburgh. Right, a horrible tragedy. A, a, a synagogue was, um, was, was attacked and, and people died. And there are people in our city, in our community, perhaps even here, in this room, who, who are, are Jew, Jewish and, and who are asking questions, man, am I safe? Are my kids safe? Is, am I going to be singled out? Um, there are, are other faith backgrounds as well as this has happened year in and year out where, where our neighbors are asking the same question. What, how do we live in this world today? And of course, we believe that, that the good news and the answer is the person and work and authority of Jesus. And so let us pray for for our neighbors, and also pray for ourselves as we engage those people that God has put uh, us alongside. Again, Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, um, Lord, humbly. We don't pretend to have all the answers, um, but Lord, we know that you are uh, the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, we know that um, you are the fulfillment of all prophecy, um, that, that from years before you came, from the very beginning, from G- Genesis, and then um, into that which we have not yet um, ex- experienced, that, that, that Lord Jesus, uh, all, of, all of creation, all of history finds its yes in you. And, and Lord, we this morning um, come before you, um, in a sense, under a microscope. Lord, we, we pray that you will speak into our day, to our world, and Lord, to us and to how we're to live, Lord, to things that we might be blind to today as we would just critique ourselves, that maybe, Lord, we could be exposed as we are kind of critiqued by your word. And, and Lord, we also want to pray for those who are, who are hurting, Lord, who are, who are afraid, who are asking questions. Lord, we pray that you would be near, that you would be the comforter. Lord, we pray that um, you would use your people to, to have wisdom and compassion alongside those who are, uh, who are, again, afraid and are sad and are broken, Lord. We, we agree with the words of Scripture, Lord, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. And we pray this in your name. Amen. All right, picking up together. We've got a ton to cover. Let me check my little stopwatch here. Um, and uh, I'll refer back to that as we go. And um, let's dive in. We're going to read the first seven verses, okay, just to set the stage of Daniel chapter one, okay, to understand really how we're coming into this. So pick up with me in Daniel chapter one, verse one. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, 
king of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim of Judah into his hand with some of the vessels of the house of God. And he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the, land, or to the house of his God, and placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, youths without blemish, of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. The king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years. And at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel, he called Belteshazzar, Hananiah he called Shadrach, Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah he called Abednego. All right, so there's a lot going on here. Um, first of all, I just want to address, some of you might be wondering, whoa, those guys had different names, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or those of you that grew up in Christian houses or grew up on veggie tales, right? Rackshack and Benny. Um, my kids are all about that right now. Um, I repent, that's what I talked about in my confession time, that uh, my kids' discipleship is left up to some sometimes not biblically accurate vegetables. But anyway, um, <laughs> They're, they're, uh, these names, I just want to point out, it's kind of funny that we say Daniel, right? The, the Hebrew name, and then we go with the other guys, Babylonian names, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In fact, the guy, Josue, who led worship here a couple of weeks ago, his son's name is Mishael. And, and I asked him, okay, true story, I was like, why'd you name your son Mishael? And he's like, because I read the Bible. Like, you don't read your Bible? You don't know that's a biblical name? I was like... Oh, Meshach, right. Can I just call him Meshach? And, um, so anyway, I don't know why we do that. But anyway, those are their names you see there. God gave them names. Um, also, for the studious among us, right, if you want to read more about this, it's just crazy to see the big, the big story of what God's doing. Um, in 2 Kings chapter 24 is where we see this, um, what, what happened here. Okay, so as you read through a whole book of Daniel, and, you, and, you, and we kind of think of it in like a, a silo, it's helpful to, to step back. And again, that's what we're doing through our series right now in Daniel, is to kind of zoom out and just see the bigger picture. So in 2 Kings chapter 24, again, that's what's happening. This King Jehoiakim, right, is, is um, the, the city Jerusalem, which, by the way, has in that um, um, Salem, shalom, peace, the, the city of God, the city of, of peace, the city under God's rule and reign where everything is as it should be, is all of a sudden taken over by this foreign army who worship foreign gods. And yet, how did that happen? It says right there, right, that in verse two, and the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the vessels of the house of God. And, and it's important to understand here, right, that God let this happen. So again, you, like, imagine, like, put ourselves in their shoes. What would you do in this moment, right? It's all about, well, if we do what's right, right? God's, this is a, this is a, a we're, the, we're the, the, the nation of God. Nothing can happen to us, but God has such a bigger picture where here we see what's sometimes referred to as his severe mercy. 
God pursuing his people through uh, uh, allowing them and their vulnerabilities to be exposed and, and, and pursuing them by allowing them, in this case, to be taken captive and taken to a whole nother land. Okay, he's not, he's involved in the intimate and the here and now and the details and the nitty gritty of everyday life, but he also sees the bigger picture, right? And so in this case, he's preserving and pursuing his people by allowing them to be, uh, to be infiltrated by, by, by these foreign gods. And something that we need to notice as we get into this is yes, these guys had new names, right? They got these names and they don't stand up again and say, no, you gotta call me this, right? Like, my name's Daniel, you can't call me Boom, Belteshazzar, you know, it's just, they just go and, and cause they know their identity, right, it is, is secure. And yet, as we see, as we move on here, they are um, kind of challenged to like an eating challenge, right? Not the ones like some of you, like Young Life, right? We got some Young Life people. I know you guys do eating challenges. Um, not like that, right? Not dog food and whatever, but um, they're, they're challenged. And as we get into that, what we need to understand here again is it's not just, hey, these guys came and they took all your stuff and it's like, who's got the most toys, right? And he who has the most toys wins. Some of you grew up in the 80s and 90s, you know, no fear shirt, right? You've got, you had that. Um, all, it's just, it, that's the way we think of this. Well, what's really going on here culturally is this idea that, hey, um, your God must be pathetic and puny and futile. And, and that God who gave you um, food, and, and, and rules about how you're to engage your food, he's, he's weak. And, and so um, we want you to be strong because we wanna, we wanna take all your best looking people, all your artists, all your creatives, and we wanna take them back to our culture. And then we wanna feed them with all our food, right? That our gods have blessed, right? Our foods, our wines, our shellfish, all this stuff. And, and then we want to we wanna kind of fatten you up and, and then help you get strong over the course of about three years. Um, and then you can, and then we can kind of milk you for all your worth, so to speak, and kind of use you to, to shape our culture and to bless our culture. And that's the way they did it, okay? The Babylonian culture would do that. They would go and pillage other places and then take the best looking. And so, yeah, you got to wonder, right? And we read other places where people who are left, like the remnant, they had to have some identity issues, right? They're like, man, okay, they took all the best looking people. I don't know what that says about me. Like, I'm sitting here at home doing fine. Um, but but, but they, they took the best looking. And then as we, as we see here, right, they're, they're to be given all the best foods and, and, and all the things. So pick up with me in, um, in, verse, in verse eight and nine. Okay, but Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. Now, real quick, what, that's not a dietary rule, okay? This is descriptive, not prescriptive, all right? If you have confusion about that, or we could talk about that more, but this isn't oh, so we should eat only what they're eating, right? Or we should do exactly what they're doing. Like, again, when he says that we would be defiled, it's because he understands that, especially in that day, diet and everything that you did about your life said something about who your God was. And so understanding that in this cultural context, what's happening to them is these, these, the, the exile land that they find themselves in, right? This, these, these godless Babylon, oh, 
Babylonians where, where God's people, where Daniel and, um, oh, okay, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, right? Got it. Um, where those guys found themselves, they're in this place that's saying, um, you're going to probably just like get skinny and, and probably just kill over and die. You'll have nothing to contribute to our culture because your God is weak. And if you keep eating the stuff and living the way you have under your weak and puny God, um, then, then, then you'll have nothing to give us. So we're going we're gonna to kind of shoot you full of, of all our stuff. And so in this case, Daniel steps up, right? He's like, hey, you can change my name. You can call me whatever. I know who I am. I know in my heart that my identity and my purpose is shaped by God and by who he has said I am. But now you're, you're, you're doing something that's, that's actually questioning the authority and the, and the identity and the power of my God. And so I'm going to step up here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say, um, no, okay, like I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. And so he is, in verse 9, you can see that it says that God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord, the king. And so what happens here is this whole thing goes, basically, God gave him favor, and the chief of the eunuchs says, um, well, I'm really worried because, um, right, like your little puny, pathetic God obviously can't keep you fat by just eating what he's provided and keep you strong. So I'm worried that I'm going to get in trouble if I let you do that. And by Daniel even asking, he could have been killed. All right, he, and his, he could have said this and they could have been like, oh, you get out of here, right? I guess you have nothing to give us. But God, um, God was faithful, and God gave him favor and God protected him, right? And because God knew, okay, this is an opportunity to, to reveal my power, to reveal my strength. And so God gave him favor. And then what happens here, again, this eating challenge, right, ensues where basically Daniel says, can me and my friends just eat vegetables and water and give us this, this section of time? And at the end of it, Compare us with these others, right, who are eating all your stuff, all, all your foods that, have been, that have, been, have been sacrificed and committed to your foreign gods, um, okay, and then we'll kind of see whose God wins, right, at the end of this. And kind of fast forward, what happens is, is, is they're, they're, they're buff, right, they're all filled out, and they're like just eating vegetables, they're like Hakima Lajuan, you guys remember him? There's like five of you old enough to remember him. Thank you. Yes, we're together in that. Um, right? He was like this. He was well known for being vegan or vegetarian and didn't, you know, eat all these things. Anyway, he was a great big basketball player, Hall of Famer. I digress. <laughs> I didn't plan on talking about him. Um, so in this moment, they're kind of presented and God's people are stronger. And this isn't, don't read this, oh, so take the Daniel fast, only eat vegetables, don't eat this. Oh, I knew it, gluten was at fault all along, right? Like, <laughs> that's not the point, okay? Don't focus on the wrong things here. The point is, especially in that cultural time, as exiles in a foreign land, God's people, and therefore God and his power and his authority and who he says he is, was on display. And God used in that moment to reveal his authority and his dominance over all others, so now let's pause for a moment, okay, before we get into what, what comes next here in chapter two is we, we see a picture of, of God's plan to work in and through his peoples in a foreign land. What, what does your cultural context look like? Where, how do you engage culture? 
How, how do you live faithful to God in a world that's constantly changing? Okay, there, there, are, there tend to be two extremes that we find ourselves in. And, and I'd say we find neither happening here in Daniel. And all throughout God's, God's word, you see this, that how God works through his people is he wants us to live and to have a faithful presence, to be, as um, Isaiah says, to be a light to the nations. And yet our tendency is to either assimilate or to withdraw. Okay, so, so which do you lean toward? My, my gut is that the majority of us in here tend to assimilate. That, that, our, that the danger, the vulnerability that we have is to just kind of blend right in, right? To hitch our wagon and to say, hey, call me whatever you want. Let me eat whatever you want. I could probably do, get creative and find a way to kind of chop God's word up and assert it and just kind of become kind of wishy-washy. And, you know, I don't really know if God's word is, is actually a, has authority. Um, I don't know if it's, if it's perfect and trustworthy. Um, you know, maybe it's all really allegorical. And, you know, maybe when Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but through me, he means like in some kind of really broad way, right? And that's a tendency and a danger in our society to just become so, um, so worried about blending in and so afraid of standing out and standing apart that we just hitch our wagon, right? In, 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 in Genesis chapter 12, when, when God says his plan for his people is that, is that through, through one name would be established that the entire world would be blessed. That, and then that leads forward, you see, in Philippians 2 and then later on in Revelation where every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is, is Lord. And, that, and so there's a submission and a worship of, of God, and, and that's God's plan. And yet, when we, we tend to water that down because um, we, we, we just blend right in, right? We, we're swimming in polluted waters, and, and we don't even know it, and we're just drinking the same cultural waters that everyone else is, and, and we just blend right in. And in, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus warns about this, right? He says, he says, you are the salt of the earth, Right? Salt was meant to preserve. It was meant to be close enough to, to whatever agent it was meant to preserve, but still distinct from. But he says, but, 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 but if, you, if salt loses its flavor, it's then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Right? If you're, you're close enough, that you, yet you don't remain distinct and you just kind of blend in and it, it becomes unclear of where, where the, the world stops and where God's God's kingdom begins, it just becomes like really indistinguishable. There's, there's danger there, right? And you see here that Daniel and his friends really easily could have just kind of blended right in and just been like, hey, oh yeah, okay, our name, whatever, food, whatever. We'll just kind of go, we'll just kind of, kind of blend in here. And, 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 and I just want to warn us, okay? and especially like young people, um, there were, my wife and I each had about seven people standing next to us in our wedding. And, and man, a number of them have, just their faith has at best become really lukewarm and just kind of, kind of, kind of palatable. And these are people that, that were like, we were in it. You know, we would confess sin to one another and preach the gospel to one another and share our faith and, and engage and, and, and struggle through these things. Like, how do you engage 
culture together? How do you live faithfully but not be like isolated on an island? And then, and sadly, you see assimilation, just blending in, remaining um, indistinguishable from the, the world that God has, has called us to be a faithful presence in. Well, the other extreme in danger is that we just withdraw completely. And now I know there are some of us in here that, 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 that probably go that route. That's like, you know what, like hunker down, create walls around me and my family and my, and my, and you know, we've got enough bumper stickers on our car that means no one would ever want to have a conversation with us, right? So we can, we can remain safe from them and, and, and we, we act a certain way and we kind of come in expecting that, 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 that we're at war and we can't have a conversation. We can't let our kids have a conversation or have friendships with anyone because they might get, they might get contaminated and, and, and we, we fail to recognize God's, God's common grace, right? That God could be revealing himself in, in, in certain ways generally, okay, through your next door neighbors, perhaps even better than you in certain ways. And, and, and you, just, you just struggle to see uh, God and his goodness and his work in anyone that doesn't, again, like sign on every dotted line that you do and just withdraw and, and kind of hunker down and, 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 and be a, a defense, Again, that's not God's, God's plan. His plan for his people is that we would, would be a light, a shining light. In that same place in Matthew 5, when Jesus is talking about his plan for his people, he says, you are a city on a hill, right? And then he's, he's saying, listen, um, uh, 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 when, when people light a lamp, they don't put it under the lampstand or under a basket. They put it on the lampstand, and from there, it will give light to all who are in the household, and, and then they will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. If you're, if you're trapped and hunkered down between, you know, behind the, the locked vault, how will people see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven? And I just want to acknowledge it's really messy, it's really hard, and I think this cultural commentary we get to look at here in Daniel um, reveals that, right? Why did they not take a stand on their name changing, but then take a stand on what they would eat? Or going further in chapter 2, we'll see the, the, the dangers that, that have come, that when they take a stand for God and, they, and they're used by God, it's not easy, it's not like, hey, if you just do this, if you're faithful, if you have a WWJD bracelet on or you, you're always bold to share your faith, it's always going to go well for you. You're never going to get fired. You're never going to lose friends. You're never going to be the weird people that, in your family that only get asked to talk when it's to pray over dinner. All right? Like, you're, you're never going to be that, right? And I'm, true confession, I've got approval. Like, I want people to love me and to approve of me, including my family. And it's hard to be looked at as like the weird person. All right, or like we were at my 20-year high school reunion a couple weeks ago, and it was really fun and all this, but there were a couple moments where I'm like, man, I know I'm kind of the weird guy right now because I'm not taking shots with everyone or because, you know, my wife and I aren't just like dancing with everybody else out there and, you know, all this. Like, it's okay. I know we kind of, there's, there's, a, there's a dissonance and a tension, and it's difficult. Okay, look real quick before we get into chapter 2. Look what happens here. It says in verse 20, 
right? So they win, right? God wins out. God's power is on display through them, through their eating challenge, right? God wins that one, but still it's messy. Verse 20, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. And and so what it does is it goes on and it explains that, that they get now blended in though with all the other enchanters, All the other people, all the other wise people of foreign gods, they just get blended in. Oh, hey, cool. So your God can do that with food. Oh, great. You know, cool. All right, let's just kind of blend you in with all these other people who who are also wise but have other, right, like the coexist sticker, right? Like, oh, cool. We'll add you in there. We'll throw you in because apparently you do have something to offer. We'll just kind of blend you in. And in that moment, they learn. They learn astrology, uh-oh, right? Like they know what all the, you know, all the horoscope is, whatever. They learn all this stuff. They, they're, for three years, they're studying and learning that. Like, again, what do we do with that as, as a parent of kids who are in public school? Like there's stuff they're learning. Again, what is your cultural context? Context. As a, as, a, as, a, as a junior high or a high school student, what a, and as parents of that age demographic, what do you do with that? As, as kids, we live in a city um, about 50% Latino, and my kids' school is like 90 plus percent. And Dia de los Muertos is, is, is going on right now, and we're, you know, people are kind of preparing for that. And I've talked to, um, you know, Latino families and friends about this, and, and, and I'll just tell you a bunch have had different perspectives on what they do. Some people do, in their case, decide to withdraw more and say, we're not going to participate in that at all. And some will say, you know, we're going to go and watch Coco and, 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 and enjoy the movie and see the beautiful colors and, the, and some of the God's grace and the, and, and the cultural expressions there, but we're also going to kind of push back on some of the things that are unbiblical. And, and, and I'll just again, after six years of walking through this at this school, we've, it's, it's not easy. It's not like, oh, obvious choice. Just do this, right? We've, 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 I walked in my daughter's class on Friday and they're all coloring skulls and and there's something he says man is that celebrating death you know death is is brokenness death entered when sin entered into the world we don't say death is good right jesus conquered death he died on a cross and then rose from the dead we celebrate that but i didn't just wave in there and yank my daughter out you know and and kind of you know like we've there, there's opportunity for question and conversation and and it's not easy and sometimes the stakes are incredibly high. We're going to really quickly just look at chapter 2 as we see how this unfolds for them. So pick up with me in, um, in chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. So after all this time, right, in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His spirit was troubled and his sleep left him. Then the king commanded that the magicians and enchanters, the sorcerers and the Chaldeans, be summoned to tell the king his dreams. So they came in and stood before the king. And then verse 3, I don't even think I have it up here. Um, Verse 3, and the king said to them, I had a dream, and my spirit is troubled to know the dream. And then they said, hey, tell us the dream, right? They said, and just, so notice a couple things, all right? First, Okay, you're faithful. You're faithful to God. You're, you, you won the eating challenge, right? You, you didn't eat these things and God's power was on display, right? Cool. Life's going to be easy now. It's not. He didn't even call them in. 
He didn't even call in Daniel and his three boys, right? It's easier to just say it that way right now, right? He didn't even call them in. Um, he forgot, right? They, this whole thing, God had favor on them. God blessed them. God, God let them stand apart and stand above, but then it was quickly forgotten. That's just a reality of the culture that we live in. What have you done for me lately? Three years went by, and they lived there. They were kind of out of sight, out of mind, so now these other enchanters, and remember, God, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, the God of, of, of um, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is, is just blended in with all these other gods, and, and these wise men are just blended in. And so these other people are now brought in, and then they're told, hey, um, or the king wants to believe in the supernatural, right? A lot like our culture today. Wants to believe, but doesn't. Right, and is intrigued, right? Paranormal activity, all this stuff. There's intrigue, there's interest, oh, there's the spiritual. But then when, when you start to press into it and speak into it, it's like, whoa, whoa, I, I believe in science. I don't believe in that. I don't, you know? And there's this weird dissonance, this kind of um, herky-jerky reality of culture. Again, very similar to our own. And so they get, they, these other enchanters get called in there. And the scene goes down where the king's like, I want to believe, but I know that you guys are a bunch of like tricksters and you're just going to hustle me. So here's the deal. You tell me the dream that I dreamt and then tell me what it means. And there, of course, like their true colors are shown and they're like, um, no, 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 um, that's impossible. Okay, so you tell us your dream and then we'll tell you what it means. That's how this whole deal works, right? That's how astrology, that's how all this, right? That's how it all works. And they're like, you tell us, we'll tell you, like we'll kind of, we know how this deal can go down. And the king's like, no, I know you're, you're tr trying to play me. Like, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna tell you anything. You tell me what my dream was about and you tell me what it's about. And they can't. They come back and after this whole exchange, oh, we can't, you know, most honorable, gracious, kind king, whatever. And he's like, I'm not even fooled by that. You're all, you're all dead to me. <laughs> like, actually dead. Like, we're going to kill you all. And so, so what happens now, fast forward, um, the, the fast forward there, Daniel catches wind of this. Okay, in, um, down in verse 12 here of chapter 2. Because of this, the king was angry and very furious. He commanded that all the wise men of Babylon be destroyed. So the decree went out. And then um, basically this, this guy came. They sought out Daniel and his companions to kill them. Verse 14, Daniel replied with prudence and discretion to Ariok, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill all the wise men of Babylon. Again, people of faith, whatever. Hey, you all, you're all the same, right? You're all the same to me. Very similar to our cultural reality today. Hey, oh, you're, 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 you're Jewish people. You, you call on the God most high as you call him or whatever. Well, that person offended me, so now you all do. And so they're all going to be killed. And then Daniel's like, whoa, whoa, wait just a second, right? Daniel had prudence and wisdom. We don't have time to dive into this, but you see, Daniel is preparing his just daily relationship with God is establishing him for this unforeseen moment. In that moment, filled with God's spirit, in that case, God comes in and, and works through him and, and, and gives him the discernment and the wisdom to say, whoa, whoa, what, what's going on here? Right? Not just to freak out and flee and say, we got to go do this. We got to fight the power, fight the man, like do all this. He just says, hey, what, what, what's going on here? And so the king, the guard's king tells him, 
And then Daniel says, well, can I have word with the king? Which no one said in that day, but again, God, God gives him favor there, and he goes in and he meets with this king, and, and he says, um, hey, give me, like, give me some time. And the king's like, you got a day, <laughs> all right? And so they go, and, and, and he goes back, and he tells his friends about it, right? Pick up with me in verse 17. Then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, and then told them to seek mercy from God of, the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. And the theme throughout this whole book has been and continues to be God's name, God's authority, God's power, God's work, God's word is seemingly like less than 24 hours away from just being obliterated. So when God calls his people to be a faithful presence, to be a picture of his faithfulness and his power, it's not always easy. Again, put ourselves in these people's shoes. Like they're, right, he, Daniel goes back and he tells his friends, hey guys, here's the deal. The king had a dream and we need to tell him what his dream was about and what it means or else we're, you know, all gonna die in the morning. Like, what? Um, my kids' action book, Bible, it's called. I was, we were um, reading through this with them this week, and um, this, is what it, this is how it kind of portrayed this, this story. It says, Daniel's friends are worried. Daniel rushes back to his friends with the news, but Daniel, no one on earth can do what you promised to do. It's impossible. Yes, it is. You're right, right? Tell me what my dream's about, and then tell me what it means. Like, that's impossible. And Daniel says, you're right. But what is impossible for us is possible for God. We must pray all night if necessary and ask God to give us the answer so we won't be executed. That's real life. Let me just recognize for a moment, in our context where we are, the wealth, I'll just say it, the privilege, the, the positions we find ourselves, even as the church, we tend to get freaked out about things like, man, if we can't do, th if this policy is changed, we're no longer going to get tax deductions. All right, and let me be real, like that'll affect our budget, right? I might have to go look for another like side hustle because I can't get a full paycheck from the church if that happens. Yeah, that'll stink, right? That'll be difficult. But we like, we think that's the end of the world, right? These people are facing death. And what do they do? They fall on their faces in prayer, in desperate prayer before God. And I heard this phrase this week, we're too busy burping up our blessings to go desperately before God. What does this look like for us to have a faithful presence as exiles in a foreign land? Right? Some of the blessings that we, that we, are, are, that we should thank God for, all right? I don't, we don't want to embrace a poverty mentality or try to conjure up issues right, where they're not there or whatever, but at the same time, we need to recognize our vulnerability. I would say in many ways we assimilate, right? We assimilate with the, cultural, with the culture around us because we've grown so comfortable and so dependent on so many comforts on so many of the blessings God has given us to use for his glory and the good of our neighbor. And we've, and we've misused them and we've, we've taken them for granted and now we, we think, well, man, that, and we fight those battles. Rather than like them seeing God's name and his glory and his character and his word is, 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 is on the block right now. 
How do I represent him faithfully? How do I engage this moment um, as, a, as, as a faithful representation of God's goodness and his power and his authority and his proven faithfulness through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus? Is it by demanding my rights every time they're challenged? Or is it by falling on our faces like these people did? Again, in, the, in their case, facing death and recognizing desperately, God, if you don't do something here, we have no hope. Our whole mission, our whole purpose as your people is to be a faithful representation of you. And, and we've wandered, we failed to do that, and you've lovingly pursued us through, through difficulty by plucking us up and, and planting us as exiles in a foreign land. But Lord, now how do we live faithfully? And, and again, in this case, is look what happens when God's people come before him desperately. He works mightily. Look, look what he says, in, um, and we're going to end with this, beginning in verse 19 through, through 23. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven, and Daniel answered and said. Now, as we read this next section, right, that D read during the scripture reading, let's engage here. Lord, open our hearts and our eyes to see this reality of your work in our culture presently today. Read with me. This is what Daniel said. Let this be what, what we say. Let this be what flows from our lips and from our hearts and what is, what is bursting from our lives in everyday life. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. To him belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise for you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's matter. And next week, we're going to get into, um, it, it doesn't just keep on getting easier, right? Some of you guys know, or you looked ahead or whatever, right? The, 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 the fiery furnace and the, and the bowing down to this, this other God, like the, this cycle continues. But in that moment, Daniel and his friends remember God's faithfulness. And that leads them to engage faithfully. So again, in our context, just like in theirs, we're prone to, we're, 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 we're tempted to be wooed to assimilate or to completely withdraw. And so what do we do with that? Do we muster up faithfulness? Do we grit our teeth and try harder? No. Just like them, they, remember, they, knew, they knew God's faithfulness to their fathers. They knew that God set their forefathers free from slavery in Egypt. They knew that God had protected them in certain contexts from invasion from outside armies. And now as they're facing new and uncharted territories, they, they, they still call out to and respond to God's faithfulness. How much more in our day as we have seen it so fully displayed through his fulfilled promise of Jesus coming and living and dying and raising from the dead and declaring that his kingdom has now come crashing in and is here present where we are right now and is still to come in full and final fruition one day. How much more for us to look at God's faithfulness 
and his power and his presence and to live as his faithful people, even as exiles in a faithful land. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you are good and you're powerful and we cling to you. Lord, we pray that through your spirit whom you have sent, you will lead us now in song, in prayer, in repentance, in power, God, to live in this, in this difficult place in between where it would be so much easier to just assimilate, be so much easier to just withdraw. And yet you've called us to live as you, Lord Jesus, lived, as a faithful presence, as a picture of God's power, of his trustworthiness, and of the hope we have in him. Lord, we pray all this in your name. Amen.